a listener production. Hi, and welcome to Broadsheet Melbourne Around Town. I'm Broadsheet's editorial director, Katja Vaktel, and the host of this Guide to Melbourne. Jerry Mai is one of the city's most legendary chefs. She's been out of the kitchen for a little while, but we're in luck because she recently joined the team at Vietnamese restaurant St Cloud, which is in Hawthorne East, which means we get to enjoy her thoughtful, flavourful, delicious food once again. She's with us today to talk about some of the dishes she's got on the menu at St Cloud, including a few family recipes that play with Cambodian flavours, as well as some essential pantry hacks. Jerry, last time we spoke, we were just coming out of COVID lockdowns and you had a serious shortage of rice noodles on your hands <laughs> and your mum was basically running around Melbourne trying to find them for you. You know, my mum has saved me so many times in the restaurant and uh, th- yes, correct. We, we had run out of rice noodles, uh, stores weren't stocking the brands that we wanted uh, I mentioned it to my mum and she was like, oh, I'll go to Springvale and get it. I'm like, what? God, I love you, mum. Yeah, so oh, I'll go get it. So she was getting boxes and boxes of it for because me. Because it was for the restaurant. It wasn't, this is not just for home no. consumption. Yeah, so, so it was for the restaurant. And so I, she would pick it up. Then I'd go down to her house and grab it from her. And we did this for quite a few weeks, actually. She's amazing. She's done that for so many things for me. You know, oh, I can't find any... A, B, C, and D in Richmond or Footscray. She goes, I'll go to Springvale. So your parents owned restaurants. Yes. So I didn't know that about you. So I've read a lot about how you grew up kind of in the kitchen with them and a lot of the time they were out and they were working. So you were at home kind of basically working out how to cook for yourself. But tell us about the the restaurants that they ran in Cambodia and also did if, if that guided at all your own kind of professional journey. Well, I think I did. I think it, that that really set to where I am today. Um, I, when my parents had just, uh, Pol Pot had just left Cambodia. Um, my dad actually is Vietnamese, but born in Cambodia. My mother's Vietnamese, Southern Vietnamese. And so after Pol Pot left Cambodia, they went back to Cambodia. So they went back in, they f- found a property. They had a noodle soup restaurant selling what they call Hutil Nam Vang, which is Phnom Penh style noodle soup. Mm. Very particular way and it's delicious. It's one of the best noodle soups. I what think. are the flavours in that? Really garlicky, a lot of different textures of pork in there. But a, the most important thing is a really light, delicate broth that's bought front with salted radish and toasted squid, which is its, its key notes in there. Yeah. And it's just absolutely delicious. And that's what they were specialising in. Correct, correct, correct. So they did that for a few years and then they just, with everything that was going on, they're like, well, well, we, we're going to leave. So they left and went to a Thai refugee camp. And so in there they opened a c- coffee shop and sold like, you know, coffees and cakes and things like that. So mm. I remember there's photos of me sitting on the counter cracking the sads because, you know, I want to go out and play, but my <laughs> parents were working. And I was about three years old, Um at that age. And then they migrated to Brisbane, of all places, Brisvegas. <laughs> First of all, my father was a fisherman, mm. a trawler just outside of Brisbane. And then they opened a little restaurant. They had that for not a really long time. I reckon I had it for about a year or so, something mm. like that. Uh, and my mum my was uh, pregnant, about to have another baby. And we were like, oh, you know what? They just said they left it. Mm. And I remember standing at the sink and I probably would have been maybe eight, nine years old. And then I was standing at the sink and I insisted on helping. 
I absolutely insisted on helping and just to get me out of my mum, out of her hair. She's like, he's just stand over there and wash dishes. I think <laughs> I broke more than I washed, <laughs> but at least I was out of her way. Yeah. So I think it just was in my DNA, I guess, to, to, to have restaurants. And, you know, growing up when my parents were working so much, I had to learn how to cook a fried rice, a fried noodles, all that kind of stuff. You know, a Vietnamese saying is, uh, my mum reminds me of this all the time, is uh, ang lang so if you want to eat, you got to get in the kitchen. Yeah. And I really like eating. Yeah. So in the kitchen you went? Yeah. Tell us about this new role at St. Cloud in Hawthorne. You've been out of the kitchen for a little bit and now you're back and you are not just going to bring your expertise of Vietnamese cuisine but Cambodian flavours as well to this menu. How did it come about? I think all things happened for a reason, all right time, right place. I'd been out of the kitchen for the last few years and I was really getting itchy feet. And my wife says, no more, I can't eat any more of this, this food at home. So I was like, I've got to go find something to do. The and rest no, of us are sitting at home just, you know, <laughs> Jerry was in the kitchen at our house. <laughs> we'll come over for the leftovers. Yeah, come over. I, my my neighbours had a great time during COVID because I was handing food out everywhere because all I was doing was cooking. Silver lining. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, it's a really good team. James down there is great. Angie, I've been a great fan of for a very, very long time, actually. So, so for those who don't know, of course, Angie was the general manager at Apoca. So yes. St. Cloud's brought on, I mean, between you and Angie, some pretty big star power. Yeah, like, you know, they're very serious about what they're doing and revamping and reformulating what they're doing. The team are about to open Orlo soon as well, which is a, a Greek restaurant that Angie's been working on with them for quite a while. And then, you know, St. Cloud needed some love TLC and I had a lot of time left. And my conversation with them, I don't want to go back in the kitchen and work a full week and work nights and things like that again because I've been really enjoying being at home with the kids and cooking dinner for them and making them try all kinds of different things. They were really good, really compromising about it. It just clicked. It just really worked. And the menu that, that we've started on, I think, is just the surface. We're scratching the small surface again of introducing of, you know, that vibrant flavours and punchy smells and... You know, one of the things we've got on there is a soft shell crab rice paper roll, but the dipping sauce is uh, a Vietnamese called mum nem, which is a fermented fish and pineapple dipping sauce. But, you know, we take out the pungent and away from it is uh, we have heaps of pineapple, lemongrass and lemonade. Jerry. Breaks it down. You're making me hungry. Did, did you basically get given the menu and say, do what you want with it? Or was it about tweaking what was already there? No, I, I was very lucky and really, they were very good. They were like, you know what, this is what's been, it's not really working at the moment. Mm. You go do you. And it was really nice to be given that creativity, that um, leading direction of where the kitchen's going to go next. And over the next transitions of menus and things, I'm very excited of where we're going to go and, and what we can do. So that menu really represents you. If you're going to St. Cloud to eat, you are really getting a Jerry Meyer menu from top to bottom. Yep. So one thing I said I, I wasn't allowed to take off the menu was their fried chicken wings with sticky rice and fish sauce caramel. I said, that's fine. It's lovely. Yep. No drama. Keep it on. But yeah, but all the stuff that you there's stuff that I, I, I would cook at home and eat. My mum would cook for me or I would cook. Yeah, tell us um, about some of those rest of the family recipes that have made it onto the menu. It sounds really silly, but a curry. My my mum of that Cambodian sort of cooking. My mum actually, by the way, is the best Cambodian chef. Don't, <laughs> don't like come at me at, at Cambodian mums, but you know, everybody. I thought you were about to say, sorry, dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, 
your mum's always the best cooking, right? When we do the stuff that we do, you know, the mum name or the rice paper, it's stuff that my mum would have on the table at home when we have rice paper rolls with pineapples and different cucumbers and different sourness, like sometimes we have apples or green mango. So that will transition through our, our menu. We have uh, a, a duck, which is braised, that my mum would always used to braise and, and uh, serve with rice for us. But then I've just twisted it and we've put a, a Davison plum uh, caramel on top and we serve it with boughs. So, you know, I take a little bit of what mum's done and then I change it around a little bit. And then she just goes, what, what's this? What, what have you done? I'm like, well, I've just in a in a in in a concerned way or in a in a happy way. In a and in a why did not not think of that way. Right. Yeah, you know. But if you talk to my mom, she'll still tell you that I can't cook. No, till this very day. So when I go over for dinner, because I love your mom from all these stories, yeah. but she's got that wrong. <laughs> I, I still go over dinner or, or lunch or whenever we go over, and I am renegated to picking herbs, <laughs> slicing or chopping garlic. The hierarchy stands. Yeah, the hierarchy stands. She seasons, she cooks, she does all that stuff. I do like the mise en place for her. But is that nice sometimes to it's not be wonderful. the one? It's the best. The one in and charge. that's why I love going there. Are any of these dishes, things <clears throat> that people who are fans of Anam and your other restaurants for Anam will recognise or is this kind of departure? No, I think there'll be elements of it they'll recognise because there's parts of the way that I cook it. Every chef has it, their own signature on, mm. on, on their food. So they'll pick up elements of all those things, freshness, robust, uh, a good fish sauce or a good namjim and things like that. Like I said, this menu's a, a scratching the surface of what we're going to go into. And mm. then so uh, as the specials in the next coming weeks, we'll be then adding on what I've been playing off, like crispy skin chicken with a... We're playing with a scallop or a crab coconut smoked canapé, an entree, bring back the parfait again as well, uh, a chicken liver parfait. Mm. I use a really good liver from the guys from our room poultry co, really well-raised chickens and but really creamy and rich. Where can you get those or is that only like a wholesale supplier? Because it's a, a particular uh, chicken that's raised uh, like they would in, in Vietnam, quite lean, uh, really firm textured, so you can get it at most Asian butchers. Okay, so and that uh, will taste different because of the kind of chicken too? Correct, the variety of chicken. Right. It's not like plumpy like our chickens. They're a little bit skinnier, but the meat's really firm. They get fed on marigold flowers, so the fat's quite yellow from that. Doing some stuff with Natoro, we're using uh, a melon I'm very excited about that comes from the Daintree rainforest. So we're going to compress that with, at the moment, we're pay, playing with uh, lemon bean uh, leaves and pineapple and lime juice compressed that. We're going to serve it like a fruit salad. And and for those who don't know, Natura is, yeah, a wonderful supplier yeah. of produce and they work with small farms close to Melbourne, but also if they need to, I guess they can go further north. It sounds yep. like those those melons are from up north. Yeah, and they've got some beautiful mangoes coming in as well. So it's really nice to be working with really good producers again since I've been away for quite a while, uh, still in contact with these people uh, and having conversations with them, but really lovely to then start slowly transitioning all of that onto the menu and that's the most exciting thing. You're now able to spend a bit more time at home, which was something that was important to you. You've got two kids. I follow with gusto your lunchbox. I wouldn't say lunchbox challenges, but you are always talking on Instagram about the lunchbox you've made for Harry and what he has and hasn't eaten. I'm just wondering if he knows how lucky he is that 
his mum, one of Melbourne's basically chef powerhouses, is putting together his lunch every day. Oh, I, I, you know, I asked the exact same question to my wife a couple of weeks ago. My wife just laughed at me. <laughs> She's like, of course he doesn't know, he doesn't know what's going on, but he just knows his lunchboxes are good. Yeah. Because I said to him, would you like to continue to do these lunchboxes or would you like just a sandwich, a ham and cheese sandwich? The variety that you're putting in there is impressive. Yeah, well, I try to keep it interesting for him. So we do little cheeseburgers today. He's got little cheeseburgers. We do rice paper rolls. We do bun meat. We do, uh, we haven't had the hot dog this term yet, but sometimes we get a hot dog. When I get crazy with not eating all the veg, we make little frittatas filled with lentils and zucchini and carrots and all that kind of stuff. The muffins that you always see in the lunchbox, which my wife makes, and she just packs that with lentils, zucchini, cat, like everything in the pa- in the fridge. She'll grate it all in there and make these muffins and put some chocolate in, and he thinks it's the best thing in the world. Yeah. I was like, mate, we got you there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but when you asked him, are you are you looking for some sandwiches or is this good? He was like, no. Go, no, I want this. Yeah. But we talk about it as well, and we make really nice easy lunches. We use tortilla bases and we make a ham and cheese uh, and pineapple, a wine pizza essentially. Or sometimes we'll use the bread and make that the base for a pizza. So we talk about what he wants. His favourites are the Japanese ones that we do. Mm. So I cook the rice, we make the hand roll, we make, and then another day he'll have a triangle, another day he'll have a rice ball. I keep it interesting for him because especially as a chef, I want him to try everything. Mm. I think it's every parent, right? You've got a daughter. Yeah. And as a parent, you just want them to try everything. If they don't like it, they don't have to eat it. And I think as well there is an idea, at least in the beginning, that, oh, well, kids just want bland food. Mm. But they don't. The, the things my daughter loves most are actually things that are incredibly salty and tasty. Yeah. And I can try and offer her just some plain pasta, but if she sees my partner and I eating something that has a lot of spice in it or carrot, whatever it is, mm. that's what she wants to eat. Yeah. I, I think it's just about making sure that exactly exposing them to lots yeah. of different foods. Okay. I want to talk about some pantry hacks and choices. And for those who don't follow Jerry on Instagram, they should because she's always posting A, really great recipes and easy recipes, things that you think are going to be tough and might take you all day, but actually it might just be, you know, popping some broth on for three hours and then you've got a beautiful base for a soup. So Mm. I recommend that. But I love your supermarket shops and the little pantry hacks. Mm. So one of the ones I love best was the soy sauce explainer. And you said you accidentally sold a few soy sauces while you were in the supermarket <laughs> aisle. Well, and, and you know, you, we're talking about a light sauce sauce, a dark sauce sauce, and a sweet sticky soy sauce uh, are the three things that I always have in the pantry. And then a few others for Japanese and things like that. Yeah. But, you know, a light sauce sauce is good for dipping, good for just a quick stir fry to add through. A dark sauce sauce, I use it, oh, I used some yesterday. The three, actually, the Trinity, in one, I marinated chicken thighs. And I had the light sauce sauce, the dark just to enhance the colour, the sweet just for the sweetness and a bit of more colour. Because you can't achieve that dark sort of brazy sort of look without that dark soy sauce. So that's why we all, I always have three. So one for dipping and general stir fry, the dark soy sauce for braisings and marinades, the ketchup or the sweet soy. The ketchup I use, manis. Yeah, the ketchup manis. I use a lot actually in all my marinades because it gives me that dark and that sweetness, that really caramel sort of flavour in replacement of brown sugar. Sometimes I don't even use brown sugar. Uh, and I absolutely love it with silky noodles, silky rice noodles, 
in a really hot wok, a little bit of that ketchup manis on it, and then just charring it away and really getting that smoky burn on it. And and that to me is, is really nice sort of flavours in there. So would you use the light for dipping but not the other two? Like I don't use a lot of dark soy sauce and I've got it in the pantry because I've had to, I've bought it for certain recipes mm-hmm. and I don't really know how to use it in a way that's kind of spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Whereas ketchup manis, I'm kind of, I'll add to anything because I know the taste, but yeah. I would never, but I don't serve it raw. Like I always make sure it's part of something. Can yeah. can it be a dipping? Yeah, yeah. So it took me to this age that uh, a couple of years ago, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Mel Melissa had dropped off. Um, Melissa Leon? Yes. She had dropped off some Hainanese chicken for me. And I always have a red chili sauce and uh, onion and ginger, right? But she also had ketchup manis. And I'm like, oh, what do I do with this? And when I add it to the Hainanese chicken, it makes absolute sense, right? I think it's it's in Singapore or something. They add it to their... At the end? Yeah. So you just drizzle it on like soy sauce. Right. Okay. And it just was so delicious. Now that's what we do all the time when we have Hainanese chicken. Oh, that's like a really nice, I mean, it's so, Hainanese chicken is so good anyway, but mm. that just takes it up to another flavour level. It, it really does. And it adds that, like I told you, like, that really nice caramel, but that sweetness comes in as well into the rice. So we don't have Hainanese chicken now without it. So you just mentioned as well, kind of a chilli sauce. Are these things you're making yourself or are there any store-bought options for well, condiments? We just make that, them. It's really yeah. easy. Look, like you know, the 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 red the red sauce is uh, basically red chili, garlic, vinegar, sugar. That's it. Just a balance of that. Uh, your version of saying that's it is definitely <laughs> going to be different to my version of of saying that's it. Well, now, it's just a balance, right? The other yeah. one I want to ask about was fish sauce. Can you just explain though that there's different levels of the fish sauce? Of course, there's different qualities in everything, but talk about these three different presses. So fish sauce is so important and we need to give it a little bit more love uh, and a little bit more understanding as much as olive oil. Fish sauce in Vietnam or Southeast Asia is like olive oil to the Italians and the Spanish and that, right? So we have our first press olive oil, really silky, really beautiful, really sort of aromatic. It's the same with fish sauce. Fish sauce is layers of anchovies and salt, anchovies and salt. Uh, traditionally sat in either bamboo or ceramic vats in the sun, salt breaks down the anchovies. So that first press, that beautiful golden layer, is not pungent. It's aromatic. It's uh, salty with a hint of real sweetness in there because the salt from the saltiness from the, the rock salt, the sweetness from the fish itself. And then you get to the next press. So that sits for about 12 months. First press comes out. Some will put some back in and six or 12 months later, they'll, the next one will come out. That's the second press. That's the second press. So that's your second press olive oil where you would use that in uh, for frying or for uh, a little bit more harder work into it, right? And so, and then you've got your third, which is just like the bottom, the dredges of the bottom. Um, Do we not use really, that one? You can, but it's it's really pungent. It's really strong, really salty. So... How, how do we know what we're getting? Yes, so there's some really good brands out there. Red Boat is an excellent brand. Mega Chef, which a lot of people have access to. You can buy Nicole's Woolies or that. And it's clarity. And when you open it, it doesn't stink. For example, when you open a squid brand fish sauce. Which is that third press. Which is that very last, like, throw everything in the barrel, chuck some salt in there, she'll be right. 
and and people will go, it's it's stinky, it's pungent, it's not aromatic, it's not very appealing. But if you go and get a first press, which right, is a first press fish sauce, you can get a, a 30 degrees uh, nitrate, so the levels of nitrate in there as well. So that first press we always use for um, dipping sauces. Okay. Yeah, so I make nook mum with it. I dip, I use it on its own with chilli to dip things in because all Vietnamese need to dip. I don't know why. We just like, oh, I just have to dip everything. And then. Everything tastes better with a condiment. Yeah, yeah. And then the next one I use, which is, uh, I'm use, I use yu seung, uh, which is like three dancing fish on it. And I use that to season all my food. So That's if the I make. Second, second. Press? Yeah, okay. so I use, uh, for if I make tit kaw, my pork belly caramel, my, my fish, or just general marinating, I'll do that. Mm. And generally, they're the only two that I'll use. Look, I'm guilty. I've had squid, the squid bottle in my in my pantry, but I've also had others. And now I'm a lot's making sense around I make a lot of dumplings and I'll put dipping sauce together and I'll always add fish sauce. Yeah. And sometimes I think that does not taste as good as the last <laughs> one. Now that's probably also my shocking amounts. But now that I've heard you discuss it, of course, it makes sense that something is going to be sweeter and better for dipping mm. than the one that, yeah. as you said, has got everything thrown in it. Yeah. The whole kitchen sink. The whole kitchen sink's thrown in it. So stay away from those ones. You look at the ingredients, it should be just anchovies or fish and salt. Right. Some will have sugar or added stuff in it. You don't want you don't want okay. any of that stuff. Now, I'd love to hear, just to wrap up, about a dish you've eaten this year. Anywhere. Restaurant, bar, cafe, out of the home though, can't be your own, that you can't stop thinking about. I mean, we started by talking about some of these dishes that you're that you grew up with and that obviously have been either fundamental to you growing up but but things that you want to play with. But where have you eaten in Melbourne this year perhaps that has stuck with you? Oh, you know, having kids is really hard to get out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> really, really, I've had uh, in Melbourne the last, actually the most recent event I went to at Shannon Martinez's restaurant, uh, Smith and Daughter. Daughters, and Che was there and they had a collab dinner and just looking at... And Chaser, again, I think a lot of people know no, yeah, who she is, but a, a wonderful Korean chef. Yeah, amazing. Like does her own ferments, her own vinegars, her own um, sort of everything. Mm. And just watching the same melon that I was telling you about, she's put in her beautiful pickle that she's done. So it has a little bit of acid in it, but the sweetness comes through a lot more. It just really charges through and I'm like, how is that even possible to do that? But just the craft, the art, both of them have the the respect they have for the ingredients and just the way they, they cook with some simplicity. But the food was one of the best and which is really odd for me to say because I love meat. I really love meat. But I left this dinner going, wow, that was absolutely Delicious. And Shannon specialises in in vegan dishes and incredibly talented as well. Yeah. I ate at Lona Mesa uh, recently, which mm. is the restaurant in in South Yarra uh, that she's worked with. And again, same thing. I just thought I, I'm I'm a big meat eater, and mm. I just thought, well, I could eat these non meat tacos for days, yeah. and I haven't stopped thinking about them. Yeah. And of course, Shay, who has this beautiful restaurant in Cockatoo. Hard to get into, but mm. again, if you're a, if you're a food lover, definitely worth trying to get a booking there. Yeah, yeah. two two very uh, important, influential, and exciting chefs coming together. I'm not surprised that was a memorable meal. It, it was wonderful, and and just the, the 
the work that you see Che put behind all her things is like that is absolute commitment. And that's why, you know, it's a seven-seater or five-seater mm. venue she's got. Tickets are really hard to get in. I'm still trying to get tickets, you know. So yeah. um, it's absolutely, it was my standout for the year. Well, I think a lot of people will be listening to this conversation and going out to get some food now because that's how I feel. But St. Cloud Eating House, where you can get the beautiful menu that Jerry has discussed today, is at 644 Burwood Road in Hawthorne East. It's open Tuesday till Sunday, 12 p.m. until late. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you so much for having me. That's it for today. If you're enjoying the podcast, tell your friends and leave us a review. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening now. You can find new episodes in your feed every Monday, Wednesday and Friday morning. Listener.